It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Welcome to a long overdue return episode from the fame and fortune and everything that goes with the podcast from the Fans First Sports Network College football feed. My name is Matt Timonini. I am joined by Jamie Yurich. We have both been traveling and unable to either watch enough college football to talk about it intelligently or to pod about it intelligently but we are back jamie maybe not better than ever but we are back and we are ready to dive in to all things college football playoff and heisman trophy we've had a few weeks off are you rested and relaxed and rejuvenated ready to hit the home stretch of the college football season with as much verve and vigor as absolutely possible like, here's the thing. Someone told me on Saturday that I looked refreshed. And I've never once in my life looked refreshed as someone with like an oldest child type A clinical anxiety person. So I have a feeling that that will last me until approximately 8.40 Saturday morning Pacific time. And then the refreshed look is out the window. That is very fair. We're going to get to that game that will make you stressed very shortly. But... For a couple weeks, you were over gallivanting across the European continent. We had talked about the fact on multiple podcasts that you were not going to watch the Ohio State-Notre Dame game. We are both Ohio State alums. You have a lot of Notre Dame family members. That went very well for us. But did you actually sleep through the entire game or did you have to wake up and watch part of it? I watched not – I to this to this day, have not watched a single clip from that football game. I did wake up in the middle of the night with a little bit of like weird jet lag and I checked the score and I saw that it was going okay. So I said, well, we have to continue with this because I am a superstitious person and I just went back to sleep. You are a superstitious person. You slept through Ohio State's win over Notre Dame. Does that mean you will be sleeping through 
the game against Penn State on Saturday? I mm, like the answer is yes. I I won't be asleep, and I what I I think that like in my bones I'm gonna want to start the game with it on the TV. But then if something goes wrong, I'm going to hold myself responsible. And so I think I might just let my family text me if I'm in the clear to turn it on. You do realize that nothing you do in Los Angeles will impact any game that happens anywhere else, especially in Columbus, Ohio. I think they will feel my love for them in Columbus. And they will know that I am not watching the game, not because I don't care deeply, but because I care so deeply that I can't take any risks Okay, on there. Fair enough. Not, not neurotic at all here on fame and fortune and everything that goes with it. We break down all things, college football playoff and Heisman trophy related. We start by going through who we think the top four teams in the country are not necessarily who the college football playoff committee will pick. Once we get through that, then we try to predict long-term who the final four teams are in the playoff will be what four teams will earn those berths to play for a national championship. And then at the end, we start going through and naming off all the people that we think are deserving of a Heisman Trophy finalist invite to New York City. It has been a while since we've done all of these things, Jamie. I'm going to go back to week four, where that was the last time that we actually had rankings that we gave each other. So in week four, your top four were Washington at number one, Michigan at number two, Ohio State at number three, and Texas at number four. Mine were Washington at number one, Ohio State at number two, Florida State at three, and Texas at number four. We're going to go through these from four to one, rotating back and forth. So, Jamie, hit me with who your number four team is heading into week eight of the college football season. So I have to caveat all of this with like, I have not watched a single down of football since week four. So a lot of what I am judging the last few weeks of football on is based off of, um, you know, what I've read in different media outlets, what I have just kind of picked up from conversation. Um, None of this is based on, my things that I've seen with my own two eyeballs because I'm that far behind. So I just need our listeners to be fully aware of like what is educating this decision. Um, I'm, I'm keeping Washington in my top four, but they have dropped down to the four slot. Okay. Uh, I mean, even coming off a top 10 win over Oregon, you're dropping them all the way down to four. Okay. That's fine. I am. And again, I'm caveating that with like, I'll I'll get to my caveat. I'll get to my caveat okay. in a little bit. Okay. In my number four spot, I have the Penn State Nittany Lions. Obviously, they have a huge opportunity to move up higher in those rankings this Saturday, but they have been a pretty consistent team all season long. They have only allowed eight points per game this season. That is the second best in the country. They are also scoring 44.3 points per game, which is the fifth best in the country. Here's the thing, though. Their strength of schedule is only 97th in the country. So they have not necessarily played a ton of teams that are all that good. Their season opening win against West Virginia looks pretty good now. West Virginia is a decent team. They obviously 
just destroyed Iowa 31 to nothing in Happy Valley, but Iowa turned the ball over six times. So like that's impressive. And obviously Penn State is responsible for those takeaways, but that's also hard to replicate on a regular basis. So I'm going to keep them in my, I'm going to put them in my top four, but with my caveat being show me against a good team. And they obviously had the opportunity to do that on Saturday. So Jamie, who do you have as your number three team? I have Ohio state as my number three team. Um, and I, I think that you're going to probably push back on my rankings based on our caveat being the same thing when I get to my top two teams. Okay. Yeah. I've got Ohio state in my three slot. I mean, they they've got a marquee win at this point as does Washington. Um, and I think that again, I would, I would put Penn state in, we'll get to that in a second. I would, I would have Penn state in my number five slot. And I think that Ohio state and Penn state can flip flop either one of them, obviously one one of those teams will move somehow based on Saturday for me. Yeah, that's fair. Very fair. All right. In my number three slot, I have the Michigan Wolverines. They also are undefeated and having a great season so far. They are the number 10 scoring offense in the country, averaging 39.4 points per game. They're also giving up the fewest points per game in the country at 6.7. But again, they ain't played nobody. If we thought Penn State hadn't played anybody, this is like times a gazillion. Their teams so far are East Carolina, UNLV, Bowling Green, Rutgers, who is actually fairly decent this year, at least by Rutgers standards, Nebraska, Minnesota, and Indiana. They have played nobody. They're going to have a tougher road in the second half of the season, obviously, since they are playing both Penn State uh, and Ohio State with Maryland sandwiched in between. So that's a pretty rough final three weeks of the season. But I think they're good. I think they're really good. But again, it's put up or shut up time. They they don't play anybody for the next three weeks. They play Michigan State and then Purdue before they get Penn State. Uh, I, I expect them to destroy both of those teams before they have to play the Nittany Lions. But for now, Michigan is clearly a top four team for me. How good they are remains to be seen. So who do you have in your number two spot, Jamie? I have Georgia in my two spot. Oh, um, and okay. My caveat for all of this is Georgia also has not played anybody. I mean, you could argue that they curb stomped Kentucky, but like to me, that's not a marquee win. I'm not counting that Georgia is unfortunately one of those teams that I think is just like, it doesn't actually matter what their strength of schedule is because they are so good that like, by the time they get to the hard games, they it like, it didn't matter. Like they are going to make the hard games look like little league games too. I don't know. I, they really frustrate me. Um, it's really frustrating to watch them become a powerhouse, but unfortunately I do think they have the like talent and skill to back it up. And so I've got them in my two slot with the caveat that like Washington and OSU both have better wins than Georgia. Um, I, I just kind of think that like they're, 
they they still feel like a better team. Yeah, I just I we've seen them play really close games with teams that they should not be playing close games with. I mean, whether that is South Carolina or even UAB or Auburn, like these are games that they ended up winning by double digits, except for Auburn, which was a seven point game, but they looked legitimately in trouble in all of those games. And uh, other teams have Ohio state has at times as well, but to be the number one consensus team in the country, I just, mm, I, I, I struggle with that. I think they've lost a lot of talent. I think they've lost a lot in terms of uh, assistant coaches. So again, they don't really play. I mean, their best game remaining is Ole Miss. They've got to play Missouri. They've got to play Tennessee. But I, d- I think they're going to coast for through the SEC regular season. Maybe they'll be challenged by a team coming out of the West, whoever that might be. But I think they are just... It's just an unbelievably ridiculous. They, their current strength of schedule is 120th in the country out of 133. I mean, it's just, what are we doing? What are we doing? Uh, but yeah. All right. My number two team in the country is the Washington Huskies. I have them at number two, mainly on the strength of that win over Oregon. They also, at the start of the season, beat some fairly good G5 teams in Boise State and Tulsa by, you know, large margins, beat the crap out of Michigan State, even though we knew Michigan State was was pretty bad. Um, the one caveat for them is, is that they only beat a four and three Arizona team, 31-24. So I think they're really good. They had a great win. It was a thrilling win against Oregon last week. Um, so they're number two for me. But when we're comparing them to my team that is number one, they both have marquee wins, but Oregon has a little less in terms of the the uh, the dominance against every team on their schedule, uh, even though it's close. It's a very, very fine line between the two for me. So, Jamie, who do you have as your number one team? It, it's you're gonna yell at me. It's the same caveat, but like I got Michigan in my number one spot. Again, haven't really played anybody up to this point, but on paper and even just like on vibes, watching them as a team, they feel like the strongest team in the pool. Um, as a unit, to me, um, there's something about the way that they gel that really scares me come the end of November come playoff season. I I just, I think there's like, it's an intangible thing um, that I guess like we'll see as the season continues, but they've, they've got this like intangible thing going on that really freaks me out. I'll be honest with you. I have watched them here and there, but unless it's a big game, like I'm just not paying attention to them because one, I hate them. And two, I don't know that it tells us much of anything because of the style of football that they play. They are going to grind these really bad teams into dust, which is what they should do. I'm not saying that's a bad thing, but it's just like, I don't know that we learn anything about what they're going to be able to do against competent opponents. And they have just not yet played a competent opponent. So, so we will see what happens. Of course, that leaves me at my number one is Ohio state. And yes, that might be uh, a little bit of alma mater bias, 
But Ohio State, number three scoring defense in the country, a solid 21st in uh, in points per game on offense. They have beaten a top 10 team. They have beaten a, a good Maryland team who at the time was like the number 26 team in the country. They have not played necessarily a great schedule, but when we're, none of these teams have. I mean, like, literally none of these teams have played a great a, a great schedule so far. The fact that they went on the road, beat Notre Dame, were able to withstand an absolutely raucous environment down the stretch and win on essentially the last play of the game. Like, I give them a lot of credit for that. Obviously, we will learn so much more about them and Penn State on Saturday. But for now, I have Ohio State at number one, which means I have three of the top four teams in the Big Ten East. Maybe that's bias, but honestly, like, are we who, who are we talking about? I mean, Georgia, I guess, but we're talking about Texas. We're talking about Oklahoma. Are those teams really better than either of these three teams from the Big Ten East? I don't think so. So I'm comfortable with my top four currently having three teams from the Big Ten East, knowing full well that they're not all going to end there because of the fact that they often play each other and there will be losses amongst them. This is a year, Matt, like, to be honest, I feel like this is the thing that the SEC touts every year, right? Like, oh, our strength of schedule, our strength of schedule. But I feel like this year, the Big Ten has it in a way that the SEC doesn't. Like, what do we have? Bama and Tennessee each have a loss going into this weekend. Georgia, it doesn't play anybody. Like, it the Big Ten is this is the strength of schedule this season. LSU so has two losses. Fair to have all of these teams in your top four at this point in the season, um, knowing full well that yes, they all have to play each other, and also there's not a chance on this planet that the committee would ever put all of those teams in no, playoff. You know, but if we're, if we're talking merit alone and like forget what the committee will say or do at this point in the season, yeah, I think that's a totally fair assessment um, of where things stand. All right. I'm glad you approve. Uh, all right. Before we get into the Heismans, let's see what your actual college football playoff predictions were. The last time we talked about this, you had then predicted. Georgia number one, Michigan number two, Texas number three, and USC number four. Things have changed since then for a number of these teams. What are you going with as your top four for the actual playoff berths in early December? That absolutely sounds goofy listening back to it now, knowing what I (laughs) know present day. Um, I've got Michigan ending at number one, which is painful for me because it does mean that I think that bad things are going to happen in November. Um, I have Georgia in my number two slot because I just don't think there's any world in which the committee isn't putting the SEC in one of those top two slots. Um, And I think Michigan will have the stronger strength of schedule and all of these things to play off of. So I think they'll sneak in at number one, but I just don't see a world in which the SEC isn't claiming one of those top two spots based on what I know about college football. Um, I have Washington in my number three slot, and I have Ohio State sneaking in with that fourth slot, even though I think they will lose to Michigan. 
I have Michigan in my number four spot. I have Oklahoma in my number three spot, basically because I think they've beaten Texas, and I they very well might end up playing again in the in the Big Twelve championship game. But I think that they are a much better team now than they were last year. So I think that they can win both of those games. I have Ohio State at number two. Whether that is because there's a loss in there somehow or whatever, uh, I've got them at number two, and I have Florida State at number one because the ACC sucks, and I can't see Florida State losing uh, to any of the teams left on their schedule. So we will see what happens there, but those are our four actual predictions for what will happen. You don't have a single SEC team in the playoffs? I do not. I I, I – so here's I, I should have done this in week four. I had Florida State at number one, so I'm keeping that. LSU at number two, Ohio State at three, Washington at four. I think that whoever comes out of the West will beat Georgia, and by that fact, even if Georgia is undefeated going in there, I think because of I I, I think I think the ACC, the Big Twelve. And the Big Ten champion are going to be undefeated. So even, I'm assuming that's Ohio State in my predictions. So really what you're looking at is, does Michigan, who will presumably in this situation have a win over Penn State, have a better resume to get in than Georgia does with a loss to a one or two loss team coming out of the SEC West? I think it'll be close. But I think that Michigan losing to Ohio State in this scenario with a win over Penn State, will be a better resume than Georgia beating nobody of consequence, of real consequence, and then losing to a potential two-loss LSU team or a a one-loss. Maybe I, I don't think anybody is coming out of the West with just one loss. So I, I think that by stapping up, snap, stacking up the resumes, the SEC is going to be kept out of the college football playoff this year fascinating prediction i would love for you to be right i would love nothing same same sees like there it's rare folks that i want matt to be right but in this case (laughs) please yeah from from my mouth to woody's ears all right let's take a real quick break and we will be back in just a minute to talk about our heisman trophy picks Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo Concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right, welcome back to Fame and Fortune and everything that goes with it on the Fans First Sports Network college football feed. Jamie, we're a little less structured here with the Heisman Trophy picks. We are just kind of throwing out names of who we think should be included when it comes to Heisman Trophy finalists. You go ahead. Go ahead and throw out the, the first name that you think needs to be a part of this discussion. I mean, listen, at this point, we have to drop Caleb Williams out of the yep. mix probably for me after that Notre Dame game, you know, they had three interceptions in that loss. So um, he's been a name that I've been pretty firmly convinced would wind up in New York, but I think he's got to go. The, the award at this point feels like it's Michael Penix juniors to lose. And there's a lot of season left yep. with which to lose it. So like, let's be clear that that's doesn't make it a done deal by any means, but I, that that's the first the he's the first one that comes to mind for me yeah absolutely he is number one uh on everybody's list and he's been one of our candidates for every week of this season he's in fact the only person that we have had in our potential finalists list from week one up until now in week eight. Nobody else has been in there for every week. So I feel like we were definitely on that train from the beginning. Not that we were the only ones, but we were we were on there from the beginning. It's funny because I would have put Brock Bowers in this list had he not gotten injured. Mm-hmm. He has single-handedly won games for them down the stretch, including against Auburn. But him being probably out for the season, I think has to take him out. So I I am going to go with a guy that I've talked about for the last couple times we've had this podcast. I'm going to go with Oklahoma quarterback Dylan Gabriel. I think he has had a a very good season in which people didn't expect him to. I, I think for the most part, we all just assumed that Oklahoma had taken a significant step backwards. Uh, I don't think that is the case. He is averaging 313 yards per game. He is completing over 72% of his passes. He has 16 touchdowns to just two INTs. He has one of the highest quarterback ratings uh, in the country. He is uh, at number five with that. So I think the fact that I obviously picked Oklahoma to make it to the college football playoff. And I think because of that trajectory, Dylan Gabriel gets one of my votes to be a Heisman Trophy finalist. Yeah, I mean, he he's actually number two on my list right now behind Michael Penix Jr. So I think that that makes a lot of sense to me based on all of the stats, the way that he's playing. Um, and and I think like we love a sleeper, right? We no one he was not the name coming out of people's mouths the first week of the season so i think that just kind of adds to the allure a little bit yeah who else do you have uh i've got jj mccarthy 
in there, um, <sighs> which is not a name that I thought was going to be on my list. But here we are. Um, and again, I think like, who have they played? It have it's going to come down to the end of the season. But I think that I think that he's. I think there's a good chance that he's going to be in New York. I here's the thing. I don't think he's good. I I just I I just don't. I, I mean, I understand why you're saying it because he's had a good season so far against high school teams, but. I just I, I I don't see anything special from him, not to a Heisman Trophy level. But I I respect the pick, just as as much of a protecting your heart kind of thing more than anything else. The thing is, I think that I have more confidence in this Michigan team than you do, and I well, I, I want him to show me something. Show me something uh, uh, against right, a quality team. The, the guys didn't pick the schedule. This is the schedule that they no, were no, no, in. No. I completely understand that. I, all I mean is, is that anytime they have played, I mean, that isn't even true because they got their ass kicked at the playoff last year by not a good football team in TCU. So like, I just, they, they crumble on the big stage and, and I hope that Ohio state can provide them a big stage this, this year as they've kind of shirked off that responsibility for the last two seasons. But I just, nothing about him has seemed Heisman worthy to me in his time in Ann Arbor so far. So uh, I very well could be proven wrong. I often am when it comes to Ohio state and Michigan in the last two seasons. So we will see, uh, we'll see what happens, but um, all right. So you've got JJ McCarthy. I'm going to throw in, let's go with Jordan Travis here. Um, he is a guy who has kind of been on and off our list so far uh, this season, a couple times. He is not necessarily having huge statistical games. He is only averaging 247 yards passing, but he's leading a team that I think is going to be number one heading into the college football playoff. He is somebody who can do it with both his arms, his arm and his legs. He is somebody who I think is kind of the emotional and on-field leader for the Seminoles. Uh, So I, I think that, I, I think that I feel good about this. He's he's thrown for for 13 touchdowns, only has one interception. He's run for another four touchdowns. So even though his numbers aren't great in terms of like completion percentage, he's only down at 63%, uh, I think because he's going to have some Heisman Trophy moments down the stretch, both in terms of like winning big games to keep them in playoff contention, and also just because like he's kind of a dynamic and electric player, that that is going to be a Heisman Trophy-worthy season for him. He's the last one that I have on my list. Um, actually, okay. he he's flashy and yeah, in a fun, I mean. fun to watch, right? The committee likes flashy. We all like flashy at home, I think. Um, and he gets the job done. Like, he's flashy and he is backing it up with results. Because um, I think sometimes you got, get the guys that are, like, all style and no substance. But I don't think that Jordan Travis is that. I think he has the substance to... And um, so that combination for me, I think that's a, that's a really solid pick. All right. Who else do you have on your list? That's it. That's my list right now. All right. I have one more and that is LSU quarterback, Jaden Daniels. They are obviously five and two. As I mentioned earlier, like I still think that they will probably win the sec West and I would not be surprised if they win the sec, 
but his numbers are just so impressive at this point. He is, um, in terms of like yardage, he is number three in terms of yards per game in the country, averaging 327.7 yards per game behind only Michael Penix Jr. and Shador Sanders, who we've, we had Shador in our, in our rankings quite a bit, but obviously they've lost so many games down the stretch that that's not really possible. But what's interesting is, is that he has 2,294 yards of passing Compared to Shador Sanders, two hundred or two thousand four hundred and twenty, yet Shador has ninety five more attempts than Jaden Daniels does. So it is just a a really impressive eleven yards per attempt, which amongst uh, anybody in FBS is number one in the country. He has twenty two passing touchdowns, which is number two behind only Caleb Williams in the country. He's only thrown three interceptions this season. He leads FBS in quarterback rating. So like, he's just like has all of these statistical things that say he is a Heisman trophy candidate. If LSU loses another game this season, um, he's probably out. Like, I don't think a, a three loss quarterback is going to make it, but assuming they are actually able to make it to the sec championship game, which I think they will. I think he's got a, a pretty good shot to make it to New York. Yeah, I think that's a fair, I think that's fair. My concern is not about him and more about the results of the team hurting him because I think for, you know, if, if LSU is already a two loss team, like, I don't know. I think that that raises some concerns for me, but it doesn't mean that his performance isn't worthy of it. It's just in terms of like, what is the, what is actually going to get him to New York at the end of the day. And and you do kind of need the results on top of everything else. Yeah. The stats. All right, that is all that we have for this episode of Fame and Fortune and everything that goes with it. We are so glad to be back talking about college football. Hopefully, by the time we record our podcast next, Jamie will have actually watched some college football so that we can talk about it a little bit more intelligently. It is going to be a a scary Saturday for us. Jamie, I hope you actually pull your head out from under the covers and turn on the Fox (laughs) Television Network to watch some of it because it'll be fun to talk about. You know I will. You know I will. I know. I'm a sucker. Yeah, we're all we're all suckers here. If you want to make sure that you are following along with us, head over to your podcast platform of choice and subscribe to the Fans First Sports Network College Football Feed. Also, if you wouldn't mind, leave us a five-star rating and review. We could really appreciate it. We are still trying to grow this platform and would love to have your feedback to help other people find us. If you want to follow us on social media, you can follow us at Fans First SN. You can follow me at BWW Matt. You can follow Jamie at Jamie Urich. J-A-M-I-J-U-R-I-C-H. All right, everybody, enjoy your college football Saturday, and we'll be back to talk to you next week.